morning to you. If you've got a Bible, will you tell me to Luke chapter 4? Luke, Luke chapter 4. The words should have come up miraculously on the screen. A tissue. Sleeve. There you go. Yeah, I'm fine. You know how it is. I did, but you know, I just don't carry one of those things. Um, so, um, Luke chapter 4, let's have a look at this. Jesus uh, returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit, and news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues, and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth, where he'd been brought up, and on the Sabbath day, he went into the synagogue, as was his custom. So, even Jesus went to church occasionally. Um, he, read up, he stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Uh, as you know, if you've been around here at all over the past uh, five weeks, as part of our longer-term vision to tackle subjects around justice, we've been focusing on climate change and the environment, and we've had some amazing, amazing guest speakers. They've done a fantastic job. If you haven't heard any of those, I encourage you to look on the website and catch up with those. <clears throat> and as we focus on justice over this next year and into 2022 through uh, tackling things like, or attempting to tackle things like race um, and gender inequality and identity and, and many other things beside. This morning, I just wanted to set what it is that we feel the Lord has called us two in this season in some kind of context uh, because truth be told um, sadly these aren't the kind of subjects that the church is known for addressing uh, over the years uh, the wider church and certainly uh, this church uh, hasn't spoken up about climate change and the environment or racial inequality or the role of women and a whole host of other things beside. And as we, uh, we've heard from um, many of our speakers over these past uh, few weeks, quoting from Proverbs 31, our job is to speak up. And so, as best we can, uh, that's what we are trying to do and going to try to do as we try to be faithful to the call of God on our lives. Uh, but it is a little bit of a departure in, in some ways. It feels like that. It, it, is, it does feel um, different. And, you know, from time to time, because we do hear all the rumors and all the secret conversations that uh, happen in the life of this church, they do eventually um, come our way. And so from time to time, we hear rumors of people saying things like, you know, I come to church to hear about God. I don't go to church to hear about climate change, you know, as if those... Uh, two things in some way aren't connected. And so, by way of a reminder, 
I, I wanted to touch on something that we've looked at uh, here before at South Western Albania, but I think that for some of us, it might be a helpful reminder about the, the nature of the gospel and the breadth of its all-encompassing um, reach. And so this morning, we're going to take a look at what is affectionately known as the four corners of Christianity. Um, I'm sure you're all familiar with the fable of uh, the blindfolded men and the elephant. Is that uh, familiar to you? The six blindfolded men basically attempt to describe an elephant. You know, it's this mythical creature that uh, none of them has ever seen. And as each one of them approaches and gets close to the elephant, remember they're all blindfolded, uh, they describe what they think this elephant is really like. Um, and so one approaches the elephant and kind of gets to the side of the elephant and it feels the side of this elephant and says, oh, I, I know what an elephant like, elephant's like. It's like a, it's like a great big wall. Uh, and another is sort of um, stumbles across the elephant's tusk and they say, no, 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 the, an elephant is, 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 is much more like a sort of a sharp spear because that's the bit that they're feeling. And then another who finds himself um, faced with an elephant's trunk describes an elephant not being like any of those things, but actually being like a, a sort of a snake. That's what a, an elephant's like. And thank you, I hadn't even noticed that was happening. I just like, thank you so much. We love our PA team, they're amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and so it goes on, right? Um, you know, someone grabs the tail and says they think it's like a rope, and someone grabs the leg and thinks it's like a tree, and you've got six blindfolded men all describing the exact self-same thing, but each one reaching very different conclusions, um, but each one absolutely certain that what they perceive an elephant to be like is exactly what an elephant is. And the fable ends with these lines, um, though each was partly in the right, all were in the wrong. And if I may be so bold, sometimes I think our approach to Christianity can be a little bit like those blindfolded chaps trying to describe an elephant. Sometimes when it comes to grappling with our faith, and, and more specifically as followers of Jesus, what the outworking of that faith might look like, as Christians, we can sometimes be like someone blindfolded attempting to describe an elephant. And so we turn to the four corners of Christianity. And without wishing to be too sweeping in what are definitely, don't write me emails and letters, um, uh, you will, uh, definitely uh, generalizations and assumptions, and certainly without wishing to cause any offense, which I'm sure I will, um, Essentially, uh, the main corners of Christianity might be, might be boiled down to these four. Um, we've got scripture, salvation, signs and wonders, and social justice. And what seems to happen is that each one of us tends to find one corner, a much more comfortable place to settle than the other three. And so in the blue corner, we've got the scriptures. Um, this is where those of us who really value the, the scriptures, the Bible, the word of God, we would find ourselves. Uh, we believe that the Bible is the living word of God. Everything needs to go by the Bible. If it's not in the Bible, it ain't happening. Um, we like verses like Deuteronomy 6. You know, these commandments that I give you today 
are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. Um, you'll hear us say things like, well, show me where that is in the Bible. And we're usually saying that because we know that it's not in the Bible. Um, we'll say things like, you know, how can anyone possibly hear from God without first deeply knowing the precious word that God has left for us? It's the maker's manual. What else could we possibly need? How can you make anything work without first reading the instructions? And so we tend to like Hebrew and Greek and Matthew Henry and quiet times. And up until quite recently, we were quite partial to a head covering or two. Um, and we love sword drill, of course. Um, and then meanwhile, in the red corner, uh, we've got salvation. The good news. This is the, the, the absolute gospel corner. Uh, this is where those of us who really love what we would call the gospel would find ourselves. We believe that at the end of the day, it's all about getting people to make a decision to follow Jesus. Uh, I mean, isn't that why he came after all? You know, we're the people who know the date and time of our conversions. It's in the front of our Bibles and, and everything sort of rises and falls for us on that moment, that moment when a person's eternal destiny is secured. Um, we like to hear people say, yes. Um, we like to see a hand in the air, we see that hand, brother, that's us. Uh, we like verses like John 3:16 and Matthew 28. Uh, we're people who just want to get out into the world and preach the gospel to all nations, starting from our hometown and then going to the ends of the earth. Uh, we're all about repent and be baptized. Let's bring as many people as possible into the kingdom of God that we can. Uh, how many people can we give the opportunity to say yes to Jesus. And so we love uh, Billy Graham, we love missionaries, we love tent crusades, we love beach missions, those kind of things. That's us. And then in the yellow corner, uh, we've got signs and wonders. Uh, honestly, we're the, we're the weird ones, um, definitely. We are the self-professed Holy Spirit junkies. Uh, the Holy Spirit wants to fill us and show us his love. God wants us to experience him, and we do. We experience him all the time we speak in tongues all over the place, um, we feel the presence of God, um, we love a bit of um, wind and fire, uh, it's all awesome. Uh, we're the ones who really seriously get into to worship and we'll often bring our own shofar. Uh, we uh, are the ones who will pray for anything that moves and if we can do it in a fire tunnel, so much the better. Um, we're the guys who will be blowing over you, obviously not anymore, but in the past, we would have been blowing over you as you pray. Uh, we tend to have frequent and involuntary body, bodily spasms. Uh, we like to say, um, come on, a lot, annoyingly, and boom, for some reason. Um, we're the guys who like verses like 1 Corinthians 4.20, you know, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of talk, but of power. Uh, and John 14, 12, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these. And we are just doing the things that Jesus did and we are just getting warmed up. So brace yourselves. Uh, you'll either find us at the airport, ready to fly off to some part of the world where 
the next outpouring of the Spirit of God is, um, and if not there, you'll find us at the morgue, finding some unsuspecting corpse that we can raise back to life. Uh, we are your bog-standard charismatics and Pentecostals. Uh, we love visions, we love seeing angels, and uh, we love treasure hunting. And then in the green corner, uh, we've got social justice. Uh, we're basically the ones who usually go around telling the other three that while you're doing whatever it is you're doing, uh, children are dying, uh, young girls are being sold into slavery. We're the ones who would say, Jesus said that we're the light of the world, so let's shine a little bit brighter. Uh, let's look after the widows and the orphans. Isn't that true and pure religion. We believe that we actually have the authority and the power to end human trafficking and slavery. If only we could all actually come together, you know, we could actually see peace brought about in the world. Um, we just need to uh, raise funds and raise awareness. We just need to lobby our MPs, probably stage a sit-in. Uh, we love Isaiah 58. Is not this the kind of fasting I've chosen? To loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. Um, we love most of what Amos has to say. Um, we love campaigns and petitions and bake sales and protest. So, four corners of Christianity. Uh, stereotypical, maybe true, for the most part, if we're honest. And have you noticed that um, the people in these corners often fight with one another? So the scripture people tell the salvation people, oh, you know, it can't just be about a single conversion moment. It's got to be about reading the Bible and getting to know what God is saying today. Character has to follow conversion. And then meanwhile, the signs and wonders people say to the scripture people, it's like, oh, you people, you only know God in your head. You know, you've never actually really experienced him in your heart. You're really just a bunch of Pharisees. And the social justice guys say to the salvation people, yes, it's great that you're bringing all these people uh, to faith, but what good does it do them if they're still starving? And the salvation people fight back with, well, yes, you might be helping people, but they're still going to hell. And on it goes, blindfolded men trying to describe an elephant. And depending on our experience, depending on our background, depending on who taught us what and when, um, when we're told only one perspective, it, it all seems so biblical, it all seems so right, it all seems to make perfect sense. But let's just take a, a moment, let's just take a pause. Which corner feels most like home for you? Which corner feels most like home for you? And which corner feels at least like home for you. I'm going to ask you to tell me, but just note that down. And now maybe think about why that might be and what, if anything, the Spirit of God is inviting you to do about it. Okay, so if these are the four corners, what's in the middle? And this is where you know the answer is squirrel, but you feel like you ought to say Jesus. Um, it is, of course, uh, Jesus, uh, because... Um, Unlike a squirrel, Jesus is the perfect embodiment of all four. Go back to Luke chapter 4. Verse 17, he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unfolding it, he found the place where it is written. Scripture, Jesus is the word. Verse 18, the spirit of the Lord is on me because he's anointed me to what? Proclaim good news to the poor. Salvation, Jesus is 
the good news. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Well, that sounds very much like signs and wonders to me. And if that doesn't convince you, just have a look at the rest of the Gospels and see what Jesus got up to. It goes on to set the oppressed free, freedom for the prisoners, freedom for the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, social justice, good news for the whole of society, including the earth itself. And then verse 20, he stood up, he, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus is the embodiment of all four. And you see, for all of us as followers of Jesus, we are all being called to all four, all the time. Scripture, salvation, signs and wonders, and social justice. And, and one of the things, um, I think this is true, one of the things I think we love about Southwest London Vineyard, um, and it is also one of our biggest challenges, is the theological breadth of this congregation. Um, I don't know if you've noticed, but you lot do not think the same. Uh, which is, you know, most of the time is great and we love it. Sometimes, if I'm being honest, it can be a bit of a challenge and I wish that you all did think the same, as long as that same was the same way that I think, obviously. Um, but mostly, truth be told, it's great. I mean, I think that's what, it's what we think church should be. We think church shouldn't be monocultural in that way and it shouldn't be monotheological. You know, we should, as long as we can um, grapple with our differences and agree to disagree well, that's the key strength. That's what the church should be. We shouldn't all just be a place where everyone believes exactly the same stuff and just, just becomes a little vacuum of the same opinion. Anyway, but as followers of Jesus as a church, we're all being called to, to make disciples who fully function in all four spaces. Scripture, salvation, signs and wonders, and social justice. And all of that is held together by Christ, of course, who is our head. You know, that's our brief. That's our mandate. So what does, each of this, what is, what does this mean for each of us? Well, first of all, before the Lord, we need to take a look at ourselves and ask the Spirit of God where we need to grow. What areas do we need to grow in? You know, maybe it's in rediscovering the Scriptures. Maybe in the last 18 months, some of you have let the scriptures fall by the wayside. And the Spirit of God is inviting you to rediscover the scriptures. And with all of the challenges that come with rediscovering the scriptures, you know, they're not easy, right? But that's okay. You know, we can grapple with that. Maybe it's in sharing the good news of our salvation. Maybe it's been a really, really long time. Not since you've led someone to Jesus, but since you've even told anyone that you're a Christian, you know? And maybe the Spirit of God is saying, why is that? Why... Why do you not tell anyone about the difference I make in your life? Uh, maybe it's about stepping out in signs and wonders again. You know, maybe you used to pray for the sick, but actually you got so tired of not seeing anyone healed that you've given up and you've stopped having words of knowledge and you've stopped prophesying and you stopped doing any of those things. And maybe the invitation is from the Spirit of God to step back into that and see the, the move, the Spirit of God move again. Um, maybe it's about getting involved in issues of social justice. Maybe that's an area, an arena where you don't feel very comfortable, it doesn't feel very Christian uh, to you. And, um, and maybe that's where the Spirit of God is extending that invitation. Whatever it is, um, whatever area or areas that we've taken the foot off the pedal, you know, it's okay. We just need to 
repent. We need to ask the Spirit of God, to, Lord, to forgive us, and we just need to ask the Spirit of God to fill us and send us out. And for us as a church, one of the pedals that we've not pressed on, quite possibly ever, uh, is in this whole arena of social justice. And that's where we're trying to uh, correct. You know, think of it like adjusting your course, you know, when you're sailing. Um, you know, we've just gone a little bit off track. And it's not the end of the world, you just need to recalibrate. Now, does that mean, welcome youth, we've just been invaded by a marauding pack of wild things. Um, we had a, Alex led the youth club on a Friday night and it was, it was a blast, it was really great. Um, it was really, really good fun. Um, you're very welcome. Um, okay, so what does any of this mean? Does it mean that we're abandoning the scriptures? I hope not. Uh, does it mean that, we're, uh, that we don't care about salvation? I hope not. Does it mean that we're abandoning signs and wonders? I hope not. Um, all of us are to be doing all of these things all of the time. And so um, your own personal walk with Jesus, um, if it's going to have any life and truth to it, by definition, must mean that you're reading the scriptures. If you think this is enough for you to function as a follower of Jesus, you're mistaken. It's like, you know, being a, a child and eating once a week for 10 minutes and thinking that's gonna be enough to keep you alive. It, it, it isn't. You know, um, by definition, your relationship with Jesus, it must involve the scriptures. You must be reading the scriptures on a regular basis. Uh, it must mean that you're sharing your faith. It must mean that you're talking to people about Jesus in some way, shape, or form or another. I'm not talking about going up and bashing people on the head and dragging them off, but just, just being real about your relationship with Jesus. It, it must mean that you're responsive to the lead of the Holy Spirit on your life, and when the Holy Spirit prompts you to do something, you respond and you do it because you're led by the Spirit of God, not by your own will and desire. Um, you, it must mean that you're fighting for social justice um, wherever you can, um, in all the ways that you can. You know, whatever your personal relationship with Jesus looks like, you do know, don't you, that it is down to you and you alone. No one else can have that relationship for you. If it's not working, we need to look at ourselves and ask ourselves the question as to why it's not working. It's not somebody else's fault but my own. No one can make you read your Bible. No one can force you to share your faith. No one's going to tell you how to follow the Holy Spirit and when to follow the Holy Spirit. No one else is going to see how you tackle injustice. All of this is on all of us because we are all adults, grown-ups. And if you're wondering why we're giving so much time to justice over the coming months, I am coming into land, honestly, I remember people complaining to John Wimber. John Wimber founded this, started this whole troublesome thing called the Vineyard. Um, and uh, people used to complain to Wimber, I'm glad he got it as well, um, about why he taught endlessly on healing and seemingly nothing else. And his answer was that I'll keep on teaching it until we get it right. And when we get it right, I'll move on to whatever's next. You see, for the Vineyard, this, in terms of justice, is what's Next, you know, although some would argue, um, we, we love the scriptures 
here in the vineyard. You know, we came out of Calvary Chapel and the Jesus movements where thousands of people were coming to faith. Um, you know, back in Anaheim in those early days, Wimp was leading hundreds and thousands of people to faith. And so scripture and salvation, they're part of our DNA, they're part of our roots. You know, we definitely, here in the vineyard, we definitely know about signs and wonders. You know, and whilst it's true, we may not have seen the Spirit of God move in recent years in the way that he has in the past, we do know about spiritual gifts and about hearing from the Holy Spirit. And now, as a movement of churches and as a local church, we need to end our silent complicity in matters of injustice that grieve the heart of God as we seek to extend God's kingdom everywhere and in every way. And it's not gonna be straightforward, you know. Um, the decision to pursue five weeks on social, um, uh, on climate change has pleased a whole bunch of you and rattled a whole bunch of others, inevitably. Um, that's okay, I, I don't, we don't mind that. Let's just work on that together, yeah? And let's have that conversation together in the open. And if it's rattled you, you know, kindly, uh, do it nicely, but do talk to us about it. Don't just talk amongst each other. I mean, that's really unhelpful. That's just division and divisiveness. That doesn't please the spirit of God at all. You know, and over the coming months, we'll be tackling other subjects, and I'm sure they will rattle your cages as well. And that's also okay, right? Just let's keep a dialogue going about how we feel about it. And some of it will get right, and some of it will get spectacularly wrong, and again, that's not the end of the world. Let's just talk it through. Let's just work it through in relationship with one another and with the Spirit of God. So hopefully that's given you a little bit of a framing for um, what you're sitting in amongst, right? Um, we're going to change our stickers uh, from next week and um, blue is going to be scripture, red is going to be uh, <laughs> salvation. And we're going to out everybody. We're gonna see see who's who. But no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But have a think about this, reflect on this. We should all be doing all of this all the time. Um, some of it will come more readily to us than others. Um, but all of these things are absolutely central to the outworking of the gospel. It's all the gospel. It's all the good news of Jesus. And it's all the demonstration of the kingdom.